Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. We just form a fucking wall. O'Neal deep on the post, lots of contact there. Oh, what a block by Wallace! What wow. a jump ball! This team's down four, 12 8, 7 38 to play the first half. First from Rodney, stuck into the rim! Reggie inside for Andre, oh. and a dynamite dunk! Pistons fans, hello and welcome to another edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast. Brendan Johnson and Aaron Johnson with you this week, missing Ryan Pay, but Aaron, we're here to talk some big-time Pistons basketball, but happy 2020, and how's the new year treating you so far? Yeah, it's going well, Brendan. Uh, you know, we definitely miss Ryan here. Had a few weeks off with the holidays and haven't been able to, you know, get together and record a pod. But, uh, you know, we're going to hold down the fort today without Ryan. And it was important that we got together here today because there's so much to talk about with the Pistons, which is crazy because with the way that they've been playing, you really wouldn't want to talk about the Pistons. But uh, with what's been going on just in this last, you know, week or so uh, with Detroit, even the last, you know, three three or four days, uh, there's a lot of stuff to talk about now, and it should lead to a fun and exciting conversation. Well, it should. There's a couple of big things going on, and it kind of reminds me of uh, of the NBA offseason because in the offseason you're talking about future hope, you're talking about things you'd love to see. You can get a little more creative. You could talk about ideal situations. And then once you get into the regular season with the way this team has played, you haven't been able to do that a whole ton. And we've had to talk a lot about really just a bad basketball team. So this is kind of going to be fun for us today to get to talk about a couple things that that bring back a glimmer of hope, that bring in some creativity, some ideas, some energy surrounding this organization. Um... And the first one of those being the circulated trade rumors with Andre Drummond. Detroit is supposedly engaged in conversations with the Atlanta Hawks, and there's other teams interested in Dre as well. Those teams include maybe Dallas, Boston, Toronto. Uh, I know we talked about Charlotte in the past. I don't believe they were listed in this latest I think report. There was there was a follow-up report by another another reporter that said Portland and Charlotte had also shown interest. So. You know, there's a good five, six teams that are interested in Drummond, uh, and it, it's created some buzz around him and, and, and what the Pistons may do with him. Yeah, so it, you talk about several teams being in the mix there, and Atlanta was the first one when Woj reported the Pistons were in conversations. It was they engaged with the Atlanta Hawks, and there's a lot of angles to talk about this. There's the angle of what can you get for Dre? Is it worth trading Dre? Um, you know what? What's the minimum that you have to get to make it worth trading Dre? And then the other factor is Andre came out and said he's not a quitter. He wants to retire a Piston. He wants to be a Piston for life. Is that him just saying that? Uh, is there is there sincerity to that? I believe there's some sincerity to that. There's no need to come out, especially in a professional sports world today, that guys hop from team to team and it's really not thought about you know so for Dre who has had no success in terms of winning playoff games and championships in Detroit for him to say I'm committed to this city and I want to win here is that more of a cry for support in the case that he's not traded or is that uh hey Dre really does want to win here 
and maybe we can do something building around Dre here. What's your take on all that? Well, I I think Drummond's absolutely sincere in his desire to be in Detroit. I mean, this is a guy that's always represented the city well and, you know, has always talked about his roots here, you know, anytime that he does an interview with, you know, a brand, a, a website, whatever it may be, he always talks about how he enjoys being here, how he's so happy that the Pistons have taken a chance on him and given him the opportunity. I know. I read an article, an interview with Drummond a few weeks ago that talked about, you know, him saying that, you know, he's just, he thinks about it all the time, how blessed he is that Detroit was the team that took him and Detroit has embraced him and Detroit has continued to give him the opportunity and has given him a home for the last seven years. And and that's important for some guys. And, and, you know, for Drummond, it genuinely seems like that's the case. There's never been a report that's come out where it's like, oh, Andre Drummond wants out of Detroit. You know, there just hasn't been that. And with big-name players in a smaller market, those kind of things just tend to happen nowadays. And that hasn't happened with Drummond yet. You know, He's always been steadfast in talking about how he wants to be in Detroit. He wants to stay there long-term. Even in you know the offseason when he was talking about, oh, I'm going to be an unrestricted free agent, it's going to be fun. You know, he always added that the goal is to stay in Detroit. The goal is to re-up with Detroit. Uh, you know, so I, I do believe that that's a sincere hope and a sincere desire of his. I, I don't know really if that kind of changes anything for for what the Pistons should be doing. You know, it's great that Drummond wants to be here. Um, you know, he's a great player. He, you know, he's made two All Star teams with the Pistons. But at some point, you kind of have to look and you kind of have to make a decision as a franchise if you can continue to go in the direction uh, that you're going in with the players that you're built around. And Detroit's really at. Uh, 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 a crossroad and they have to make a decision and they're 13 and 23 right now they're two and eight in their last 10 games uh you know with their last win coming against the golden state warriors as of when we're recording this so can you continue to to build around drummond and build around blake griffin when the wins aren't coming the health isn't there uh, and Drummond is set to be an unrestricted free agent, and he's going to have a lot of teams interested in him based off the fact that all these teams are already trying to trade for him. He's driving his value up he, right he, now. His value yeah, is being driven up. It is. Which right now is a good thing for Detroit. The longer that takes to move him, that becomes a bad thing because then he can say, ah, oh, well, I'll just test the market for agency. In Detroit, you get nothing. Here's the question, though. Is Dre a guy that Detroit can continue to build around? Or is it imperable that Detroit goes out and, and, and finds a new home for Andre Drummond in order to continue forward with reshaping the franchise? Like I think Andre Drummond is a really good basketball <clears throat> player. And I've maintained that philosophy since you know he really started to showcase what he could do three, four seasons ago. You know, I always have thought, felt highly about what Andre Drummond has done and what he can continue to do and grow into. Um, but the Pistons right now, again, 13-23, and 23 outside uh, of the playoff race right now, things are not going in their direction in terms of competing, in terms of winning. And would Andre Drummond be a really good third third piece? Yes, he would be. Right now, he's the first piece. Blake has not been anywhere near the level he, he's needed to be at this season. He's also hurt. Reggie Jackson has been out. 
Uh, and obviously Drummond's play goes up when he's on the court, but he, he's not reliable enough to trust that he'll ever be back on that court in a Piston uniform. Yes, Derrick Rose has been good. Uh, you know, yes, Luke Kennard has been good, uh, but those guys both miss time. I mean, Kennard's out right now. Rose is limited in what he can do in terms of games played and in terms of minutes per game played. There's no star on this team healthy right now. Andre Drummond is not a star. He's a very good third player and probably still a really good second best player, but he needs a star. He's just not the kind of guy that leads the team by himself as a top dog. He doesn't create enough offense uh, for himself or for others to be in that category. So does re-signing Dre necessarily mean he has to be the best player in the top dog? Unless Blake Griffin is... You know, gonna come get healthy and, and get back into form that he played in last year. Then, I think by de facto, Drummond is. Well, I mean, okay. So let me ask this: Is Blake Griffin a movable piece? Is Blake Griffin a guy that Detroit can ship elsewhere, even if the return is marginal? Right now, I don't think you're really gonna get any value for Blake Griffin. So if you want to move Blake Griffin, you know, you're going to have to accept that what you're doing and what you're getting back in that trade is probably just matching salary and you hope that it's on an expiring pair of contracts. Right. And, that, and, and I don't think you want to sell that low on Blake Griffin. I think if if I think you'll be able to do that in the off season or you'll be able to do that even next year if you're just going to trade to match salaries because I'm not sure if you're getting an asset back for Blake Griffin right now. To be fair, he has not stayed healthy this year and when he's been healthy, he's been a negative basketball player on the court. His shooting percentages are putrid. His turnovers are putrid. He has not been good when he's played. So if I'm you know, a, a, a team right now, unless I'm a team like the Los Angeles Lakers, and I have LeBron, and I have Anthony Davis, and I could say, well, you know, Blake's going to come here. He's going to be the third option. He's not going to get 55 touches a game like he does with the Pistons. We're going to put him in a position to succeed, and he's not going to have to log the minutes and the stress that he would in, the, in Detroit. I think we could make it work. You know, unless something like that is happening, I'm not sure Blake Griffin provides much value for anyone right now. So if you're trading Blake Griffin, you're matching salaries, and, you know, you're getting expirings, and you're clearing the books. So let's say Detroit does do that. Let's say they go and they trade Blake Griffin, and they can find matching salaries. Hopefully it's expiring deals. Maybe you have to take on an extra year's worth of a salary uh, in order to move Blake it allows you to re-sign Dre. It allows you to start Sekou Dumbuya at the at the four spot and throughout the rest of this year. And if necessary, next, even if they're not winning, those two building chemistry together. It allows you to this year draft, hopefully, a starter for the future for the Pistons. And whether you draft a three, whether you draft a one, or if you draft for some reason a four-man and decide to move Seku to the three, which I would not be for, I would hope that Seku remains in that four-man spot and they draft another ball-dominant wing, um, then does that help Detroit in the long term? Does that help them move forward into... Yes, they may have to take one extra year of holding on to an expiring deal. They may not make a splash in free agency, but Seku gets a chance to develop. Seku, Dre, and Luke get a chance to develop chemistry on the floor together. You may get one extra season of adding a rookie starter into that mix as well. 
if Detroit ends up picking in that seven eight spot where they're kind of projecting to right now, they could possibly they should be able to get a guy that can come in and start right away. Maybe they can even you know put a package together that allows them to move up a spot or two if there's a guy they really like. Um, so and you have Bruce as a point guard for the foreseeable future, unless if you draft somebody to take that starting spot from him. Um, are, are you opposed to that direction for Detroit? I am. And again, I like Andre Drummond. I, I've, again, stayed steadfast in my belief of, of Andre Drummond. But at that point, you're going to be re-signing Andre Drummond. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have a very young team around him. Yep. And while Drummond's still 26 right now, he's young. By the time that those rest of those guys are ready to win, that first round pick and Seku have really developed. He'll be 29. And Bruce Brown continues to develop. Drummond's going to be 30, 31 towards the end of that deal. You think it takes them four or five years to be ready to, to win? And I mean, maybe it takes them four or five years. You know, Seku's 22, 23, and all of a sudden he's in a position to like win a championship. But to win. And by win, I guess you could look at that as, you know, win playoff series, be a contender, a top five team in the Eastern Conference. You think that's a five-year process, depending who they draft? If they get a difference maker in the draft this year, are they still four or five years away from winning? They might be. I I mean, Seiko is, again, the youngest player in the NBA. They're going to be drafting... Young, well, can we talk about player. that young player for one second? We, we will, we will. But they're going to be drafting a young player yep. in what's considered to be a pretty weak draft class. They don't have a second-round pick this year as of now. Um, and then they have a lot of roster to fill out after that. So my my philosophy is you have Christian Wood. He's an unrestricted free agent at the end of the season. He's a few years younger than Drummond. He's more so on the timeline of Seku of this next draft pick, of the young guys on the roster. Wood's part of that young core. He's got a few few years more than Drummond does in, in terms of age. He's a little bit younger. You can use, you can build with him. Or you can at least try to. Because I think there's a player there in Wood. Okay. He's shown a lot. And again, you know, I'm wishing Andre Drummond the best. I want him to go to a team that has a good point guard and a team that will run the pick and roll. And, and he'll thrive. And, and the national media will get to see that, oh, Andre Drummond was actually a good player this entire time because for some reason the national media thinks Andre Drummond grabs rebounds and does nothing else. So, you know, I'm rooting for him to go to a place where he is maximized and where he gets to play for a team that fits him. But in terms of what the Pistons should be doing as a franchise, Mm -hmm. it is time for them to move on. It's time for them to embrace the next core, the next young group, to start building with and to continue to build with. So what does Detroit get from Atlanta, or what does Detroit demand from Atlanta if if a trade is to be put together? Baseline starts with DeAndre Hunter or the Brooklyn first-round pick for this year. Uh, you know, the Brooklyn first-round pick is probably going to be around 16, 17, 18, 19, you know, probably around that range. So it's, you know, a mid-first outside the lottery. It's not a great value pick, but it's a first-round pick. Uh, and, and, you know... Atlanta's a team that has interest in Drummond, and if you can pry DeAndre Hunter away from them to appease them into getting Drummond, you know you absolutely do that. I would value Hunter more than I would uh, this year's first-round pick because I think you can plug in Hunter as a guy that fits this team's projection long-term 
Is Fitz Max to Seku on the wing? Is he a starting small forward of the future? I I mean, I think you, you give him that opportunity to be. I, I, you know, Obviously, he's not shooting the ball great this year, but he can shoot uh, from beyond the arc. He defends, and he's had a couple games this year where he's actually scored really well, and he's uh, you know bursted out for some nice performances. So, you know, you're able to put him on the floor. I think he's a guy that plugs in well next to Seku and Luke Kennard on the wing. Um, and, you know, his style of play is what you want to build with. Uh, a guy that defends, has good length at 6'7", and projects to be a 3 and D guy. You know, that three-point shot, again, only shooting about 35% from beyond the arc this year, which isn't terrible, but, you know, to be of real value, he needs to get that up to, you know, 37 38%. And, you know, as a young player in the league, there's plenty of time to to do that, and he's shot the ball pretty well at, at Virginia, so I believe he can do that and you know that his game will continue to fill out but at six seven you know coming in with the the ability the athleticism the talent that he has uh as a guy that i think fits this team deandre hunters on on the top of the list of guys that could potentially uh be of return in a trade that involves andre drummond so i think you start with with hunter or the first round pick you got to get one of those from atlanta and then when it comes to the rest of that that deal you're pretty much matching salaries so you're looking at an evan turner you're looking at a chandler parsons um you know maybe you get atlanta if they don't if they aren't willing to trade hunter uh, they're only willing to trade that first round pick then maybe you're lucky enough to get them to throw in bruno fernando and you have another big man to kind of test the waters with i know Myself, Ryan, and you were all pretty big fans of Fernando in the draft process. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's a guy that could be of interest for Detroit as well. So Atlanta has some chips that Detroit should be interested in. I'm cautious of Cam Reddish. Didn't really love him at Duke. I know Ryan's a Dukey. I enjoy watching Duke basketball, but I did not enjoy Cam Reddish last year, and he hasn't played well so far in the NBA. Um, one of the least efficient players in the league. So I would steer clear of Reddish. Uh, your top priority from Atlanta is DeAndre Hunter. Uh, once you get past him, you're looking at the Brooklyn first-round pick for this year. Um, Bruno Fernando, you're matching salary the rest of the way. Uh, and if a trade goes down with Atlanta, I would expect Chandler Parsons back um, just because he has the highest salary on the roster. And he's a good friend of Blake Griffin's. And if the Pistons are keeping Blake Griffin, uh, which all, all signs currently point to, mm-hmm. you know, bringing in Blake's best friend, I'm sure, saying, uh, you know, for, for the rest of the season, I'm sure they would have no problem doing well, and that's a fair point. And at least Parsons is a guy, if you bring that that deal back to match some salary, if he pairs well with Blake and they'll instantly have some chemistry on the floor. He won't be. He won't be playing. Well, you don't think he'll get in in some rotational minutes? I really don't think so. He's, he's not playing in Atlanta. He's just hurt. He's always hurt. Well, I guess that's fair. I wonder what else Detroit's going to do here around the All-Star break. Um whether the trades Atlanta, maybe they look to trade Dre elsewhere. Um, Dallas is an interesting one. I'm not really sure what a package from Dallas looks like. Yeah, the, Dallas would be a great fit for Andre. I think. Mm-hmm. I, I think you know Luca and the pick and roll with Drummond is great. I think you know bringing in a, a, a defender alongside Kristaps Porzingis have would the be double great. bigs like that with Kristaps and Dre. It could be what Blake and Dre were supposed to be. <laughs> but 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 Dallas just doesn't have the juice to put together really a worthwhile package and right. that's their problem yeah they don't have the first round pick since they've already you know traded those away and they don't really have the young players on the roster to trade away so then there's boston and boston to me just it's another one 
I don't see them trading one of their 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 young foundational pieces to get Dre. You know what I mean? They're a team that could really use Drummond as well. You know, if, 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 in an ideal world for them, they're able to keep everything intact and add Drummond and match salaries and maybe send out a first round pick. Uh, you know, for Detroit, they want to get back probably Gordon Hayward and a first round pick. And they probably want to send back Drummond and Langston Galloway. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's ideal for the Pistons. I don't think Boston bites on that. I think that, you know, Gordon Hayward has had a decent year. And I th- I think that their Boston wants to hold on to him. So they have to decide, is, is Hayward more valuable than Drummond? And, and is, you know, the first-round pick that they would send out more valuable than Langston Galloway? And, you know, I think... Boston would probably say we're fine. We're going to hold on to Hayward. We're going to hold on to that first round pick because they don't really have any other salary to match Drummond's contract unless it's a Gordon Hayward. So then, of the other teams in the mix, is there anybody else that you see right now that can put together a formidable offer for Dre that also is a realistic suitor for for going after me? Toronto was linked. Yeah, that one's interesting that, to me. Yeah, because they have Marcus All. Obviously, he's hurt right now. Um, but they have Serge Ibaka as well. They have Pascal Siakam, so they have, you know, th- I mean, it three big guys. On Siakam, I mean, it's fine. <laughs> right, you know? right. Well, we already have the next Siakam and Seku, so uh... hey, well, if we can have the, if we can have double Siakam, <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. I'll take my chances on that. But uh, you know, they're an interesting team because they already have three, you know, big guys between the four and five spot uh, that play pretty big roles on the team, and. You know, so you're probably getting Marcus All back in that deal. Marcus All or Serge Ibaka, um, and then a first round pick, and I don't really know what else. I don't love it though. And and well, I don't really love that either because that pick's that, gonna be in the twenties. It's gonna be in the you know twenty fives probably. Yeah. I mean, if you put Lowry, Siakam, Drummond, Van Fleet together, you know, Toronto's already doing really well this year. Drummond would really really help them. Now, Fred Fred Van Fleet. Coming back to Detroit, ooh, yeah. Now, well, have interest, fun paying him in the offseason. Interest off would peak. Interest would peak. You're going to have a little money to play with. Yeah, but you're going to have a little money. You to want play to drop with. 25 million, 30 million on Fred Van Fleet? Is that what he's going to command? Uh, that was some stuff that I, was, I believe Zach Lowe was talking about. Was there's you know well, a belief that a team could throw around 30 million at him, and I'm not interested in playing that game. Well, okay, I'm not going to throw 30 million. You're saying 30 million a year? At yeah, Fred Van Fleet. Yeah, I mean he's good, but but not, not that, that good. No, 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 um, no, 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 no. So you know, I, I I think that's an interesting spot. All of these teams could really use Drummond, right? But putting together the the package to get him and. and you know, I think people from Detroit have to understand, right now Drummond's on an expiring deal. He does have the player option, but all signs have indicated that he's opting out of that. So He wants teams, the long-term security, and that makes yeah. financial sense. So teams, you know, have to be cautious. They could very well be looking at a, a rest-of-the-season rental, which means you're not getting back actual value, uh, you know, that same value for Drummond. Which hurts Detroit. Now, if you got, you know, if the team was able to get Drummond to... Uh, commit to re-upping or commit to uh, locking into that player option yeah. for next year for $28 million, then it's a different ball game. But there's no indication that that's happening. Um, so I wouldn't really think that... You know, I think it's going to be tough for Detroit to get a great package out of this. And I think Atlanta, at the end of the day, might have the best offer because Charlotte's not getting rid of Devontae Graham, which at the beginning of the year when... 
you know, I was talking about a, a potential trade sending Drummond to Charlotte. I was interested in getting Devontae Graham back. That's not happening now. Miles Bridges has not been good this year uh, in Charlotte whatsoever. So, you know, he may be bad. He may just need a change of scenery. I'm not sure. You, you know, Malik Monk isn't anything to write home about. They're not going to give up P.J. Washington the way he's playing. So I'm not sure what you're really going to get back from them either, unless they're willing to trade that first-round pick. And considering that's likely lottery-bound, I don't know if they'll be willing to do that. I was going to say, if you get the pick back, then it's like, yeah, match salaries up, take the first-round pick. And and if anything, if you're Detroit now, now that gives you two first-rounders where you can get either two guys or trade up to get the guy you want. Right. So there is significant value there. Um but DeAndre Hunter coming over from Atlanta seems to be the most promising return for Detroit. The, the thing is, you talk about Boston and Gordon Hayward. Are you thrilled about that if you're Detroit? You're going to get like the 24th pick in the draft, if not, and maybe below that, maybe 5, 25, 26, 27. But let's just say you get the 24th pick in the draft, and yeah, you get Gordon Hayward, but does right, that it help you? No, and, and that's the thing. You know, if Detroit's trading Drummond, they're saying we want to rebuild. Right. And Gordon Hayward, you know, he's still pretty young, but at the end of the day, he still doesn't fit the timeline. How old is Hayward? Is he a guy? 27? I think he's, yeah, I think he's right around there. Now, is, is Hayward a guy that I think would grace, you know, age a little bit more gracefully? Would his game still fit the NBA when he's 30, 31, 32? Probably. Yes. You know, Drummond at 32, a big man that, you know, plays with athleticism. That's tough to see. Staying. A lot of wear and tear. Yeah, Hayward's a guy that I think would gracefully play, uh, you know, gracefully age to where he could still be of use if you re-sign him and whatnot. Um, and how many how many years does he? He's have on the same. He's deal, got the right? same deal as Drummond. He's an expiring, but has a player option for for the summer. So, you know, I, I'm sure he'll. I don't know what his plans are. Honestly, I don't want to say I'm sure he'll opt in. I'm sure he'll opt out because, you know. You know, he had that injury last year, or he had the injury two years ago, came right. back last year, kind of struggled, been better this year. So I don't really want to say, you know, act like I know when I really don't know with him. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think Detroit, if they can get Hayward in that first, has to look at that one, or, or, or you know, if they're able to pry DeAndre, DeAndre Hunter. You look at it because, it again, it allows you to just kind of move on from Dre. And now you don't have a loyalty to Gordon Hayward. Even if Gordon Hayward comes here and plays well and he opts out, you have no loyalty to go back and sign him. Whereas Dre, you're at least going to have the conversation and then you're going to start playing that mind game of, well, what if we do this? And we can maybe go about it that way. And we could plug in this piece here. So it's a very different ball game when you start talking about those two guys. So that's kind of the first topic of the pod, is everything surrounding Andre Drummond. The second topic is centered around last year's first-round pick, and, you know, maybe the biggest future piece that Detroit has right now in Sekou Dubuya. Two starts, two double-doubles as he started versus the Clippers and then against the Warriors. The Pistons going 1-1 one and one in that stretch as well. Uh, but Sekou, looking good. I didn't realize he could shoot the three in, some sh- in spots that he's shown he could shoot it. Um but he's, he's played pretty well. He gets to the rim. He does a lot of good things. Welcome to the league, Sekou. Now go guard Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, and then go get guarded by Draymond Green in your next game. Have fun. Uh, Thank God Draymond Green got thrown out. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Couldn't be more impressed with Sekou. Uh, and the thing I'm going to say right off the bat is he's a very fast learner. He's a very fast developer because he went into the G League this year. I mean, we saw him in preseason, and he just didn't look ready. Mm-hmm. Went into the G League. It took him a couple games to get his feet wet. 
you know, he, he had shown in those first games that he had the talent, and, you know, just based off of his talent alone, he was good enough to stand out on the court. But once he really got his feet wet, he just had no business being in the G League. Uh, and he's developed so quickly, so rapidly. The, the outside jump shot, something that he didn't sh- do very well uh, overseas. And, and, you know, he was not heralded as this good shooter. You know, there were times where he would go off and he would hit five three-pointers. But an inconsistent one and an untrustworthy one. But he has really developed that outside shot. And I know the Pistons talked about it in the pre-draft process when they went to his workout and he hit 15 in a row. Um, and he came into the G League and was knocking down outside shots. Um, his progression there has been rapid. His growth as a rebounder has been rapid. I mean, I remember you know the stuff coming out of the G League early in the season was you know Seku just doesn't really know how to rebound. He doesn't know how to go after it and position himself. And you know the Grand Rapids Drive focused on instilling that that energy in him. Uh, you know that driving him to go after those rebounds, and he's come in and he's you know averaged uh, double digit rebounds. He had 11 against the Clippers and 10 against Golden State. Uh, he's come out and he's really impressed. And he played good defense in both the games. He did foul a few times. You know he had foul trouble uh, certainly against the Clippers. Picked up some fouls against Golden State as well. I know the Pistons were a little bit more careful with him in that game when it came to the foul issues, but. He's really impressed on both ends mm-hmm. of the floor. I mean, he was 4 or 5 from beyond the arc, or 3 or 4 from beyond the arc well, that was the thing. against Golden State. He was efficient shooting the 3. Found him on a couple kickouts. There was the pitchback one he got. It was just like, And how about like the this. sequence where he blocked Damian Lee at the rim, yep. stared him down, trailed, and dropped down the wing or the drop down the uh, right wing three pointer. Yep, that was really nice. That, that was the pitchback I was referring to. Yeah. He, he trails the play, gets that nice kick out, and it's just like, bang. You know, it was it was it was nice. We talked about Seku as a project, as a kid that's probably not going to see the floor a lot this year, and that was under the belief that the Pistons were going to be winning ball games, they were going to be competing for a meaningful playoff spot. That hasn't been the case, and to be honest, I didn't even know if Seku would get minutes if the Pistons were playing bad. You know, I was thinking that they would probably keep him in the G League and just stick him there make that his home, and go from there. But given the way that he's played in these two opportunities, uh, he has kind of cemented himself as a person that, at least for now, deserves every single minute he's getting on that court. When he was on the court yesterday, the Pistons played very well. And he's a guy that seems to grow more and more comfortable on the court each and every minute uh, he's out there. And that's really good to see. Again, it goes back to him being a quick learner, a quick developer. I, I, uh, it's good that Seku's going to continue to get thrown into the fire. It's great that he has come out and responded this way and has played this well in his first real minutes of action. It's just it's it's really promising for the Pistons. You know what's nice about trading Dre too is that you can slide Blake to the five and you can start Seku the rest of the year. Well, Blake Blake might die if he gets. Played at the five, he won't die. He'll be fine. I want to. I don't know, dude. He. Yeah, I don't even know if we'll see Blake suit up again this year. We may not. Like he's really. Well, that's the thing. Hold up. I want to talk about that because that was kind of what I wanted to close the podcast with. Let's talk about Seku for just a couple okay. more minutes, though. Yeah. And the fact of, I want to continue to see Seku start, and even if Blake gets healthy, then maybe you start him at the three. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I mean, Tony Snell's nice. You know, he's a good player. He hits threes. 
you got to invest in your future right now. Yeah. I, I mean, Seiko had 16 points, 10 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 steals, and a block. 6 of 10 shooting. You know, knocked down 4 of his 7 three-point attempts against Golden State. Was a team best plus 19. I just don't understand how he doesn't play. You know, how can you say you got to go back down to the G League now, Seiko? Right. You no. can't. No, 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 no. He's, and, and he's, he's on, on the roster. You can't stick him on the end of the bench either. No, no, he's in the rotation. It's just a matter of starting or not starting. And a guy that's going to get lost in the mix is a guy like either it's going to be Thon or it's going to be Marquis or it's going to be Tony Snell well, or it's going to be Spee. This opens up the ability for the Pistons to try to get some value from Marquis because Marquis, when he's played, has honestly played pretty well this yes, year. Yes, he has. I've been surprised with how well he's kind of fit in. He and, can and go to a contender role. and be a really nice rotational piece. He's hitting shots. He's rebounding. You know, he's played within himself, and, and he's on a very team-friendly deal. Yeah. So, I mean, he has a player option for next year, but it's a cheap one. Right. So, you know, between him and Galloway and Rose, the Pistons could kind of sell and, and bring in some, some, you know, pretty nice assets, I'd imagine, you know, in terms of replenishing some picks. Right. Maybe getting a young flyer or two. Um, but, you know, this should give the opportunity for Seku, whether he starts or comes off the bench, to, one, get a lot of minutes, because I think either way he'll play a lot of minutes. Uh, and, two, just kind of get that get comfortable and, and get that NBA feel to his game and get that experience under his belt. Um, you know, I think Thon is – I mean, right now he's playing because of Blake Griffin being out and Markeith Morris being out, but Thon is so far out of the rotation, it's funny. I mean, Seku, you know, Thon went in against Golden State and Seku came out and, and Christian Wood and made a mistake – or, or there was some configuration where Thon came in as and Seku was on the bench for literally like a minute or two, and Seku came right back in for for Thon Maker. Um, Thon is so far gone that it's not even funny. He yeah. just I'm sorry. You know, I was hopeful Thon could contribute. He had some nice moments last year. Had that game winner against the Hawks. He had all those summer workout videos. All those summer workout videos, man. Really looked like he was about to explode. Kevin Garnett called him a future MVP. Uh, it's just not happening. It's just there's just he's not he's not figured out how to play the game yet, and he hasn't put on the muscle and doesn't have the coordination to play the game yet uh, at a high level. So you know when you have guys like Christian Wood and Seiko Dumboya that have that youth that have that potential, and then you already have guys like Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond and Markeith Morris, there's just really no opportunity for Thon Maker to get get a chance to develop. And, you know, he was already given that opportunity as well, and he hasn't really showcased much. So, unfortunately for him, you know, he's he's biding his time. Took a flyer. That's what you got to exactly. do. You take a flyer. One time it hits, you know, that one time it hits will make it worth it the other three times it doesn't. 100%. So, I'm to- completely fine with it. So, completely. the final thing I think we need to discuss, what do you do with Blake Griffin? Do you look to move him? Do you keep him? Do you shut him down for the year? Do you shut him down for at least a month? Do do you try to preserve it so where, hey, you're going to make a move and you're going to try to, you know, have Blake for next year. But does having Blake hamper Seku long term? Does that actually hurt you by trying to prolong the Blake experiment? But do you have to preserve Blake in order to drive some value up so you can trade him next year. I mean, there's a lot of thoughts it's to It's a loaded here. question. It's a loaded question. And not sure that I have the best answer for anyone. Uh, Blake doesn't have the value right now. And, and that's tough because if you're trading Andre Drummond, 
you're starting a rebuild. You don't need Blake Griffin. Right. Reggie Jackson hasn't played a game yet this year. There's talk that he's close to returning, but at this point, it really doesn't matter. You have two guys on your roster that don't really need to see the floor again this year in Blake Griffin or Reggie Jackson. Jackson's an expiring contract. He's with the Pistons the rest of the way. Blake Griffin, on the other hand, if you can move him, you have to try to move him. You have to see what's out there for him right now. You have to see if there's a team that thinks that, you know, putting Blake in a smaller role, giving him a little bit of time to get a little bit more healthy, and, and going from there, you got to see if there's a team out there that feels that that's something that they can do. Um, and just kind of go from there. Because Blake doesn't have a ton of value. And you're not going to get a ton of value back for him. It's just what it is at this point. That's really tough to say because of the season he had last year and what he has meant to Detroit. And it's now about two seasons here since he got traded. Um, but it is what it is. Mm-hmm. It really is. Um, if the Pistons are holding on to Blake Griffin, he should not play another game this year. He just needs to get healthy. Let your knee, your Achilles, your back, whatever, let your entire body recover. Yeah. If you want, if you think you still got the juice, preserve yourself for next year. Because you've said you've had the juice this year. And you have not played well. You've hurt the team. So if the Pistons want to hold on to him and they want to give him another chance, I'm not going to say that's a terrible decision. I don't think it's a good decision because I think you should be clearing money, you know, be trying to bring back assets if possible, and rebuilding. But if if they're holding on to him, Blake needs to be shut down for the season and he needs to be rehabbing, just resting, getting healthy, you know, all those kind of things and going from there. What I'd like to know is, I mean, if you're going to look at trading Dre, in, or I mean, excuse me, trading Blake in the off season, then I think you need to shut Blake down until after the All-Star break, and then you try to bring him back to let him show some value Yeah. so you're able to move him. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if that's what Detroit's looking if at. If you're looking at moving him now, then even though, and if Blake's saying he can play, you play him. You know, if you're looking at moving him, if you're going to shop him over the next few weeks, then you let him play. Because I mean, not I mean, it's 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 still a business, and I love Blake, but I mean, it's a business. Go out and play, show your value, so you can get to a good spot. You know, or if you are going to keep him and you're not going to trade him away, which you'll have what two years left on his deal after this, or one more? Does he have one more year left, or does he have two? Two. He has two, right? So, if you're going to say, hey, we got two more years of Blake and we're not moving him, then you better shut him down. And do not let him play the rest of the year. Don't. You might as well let him rest. You might as well trade Dre. You might as well tank for the best pick you can get and give Seku all the opportunity to develop. And if Blake comes back, and let's say Seku solidifies himself in a starting role... Well then, you, you know maybe you have to make a weird decision to let Seku start and Blake come off the bench. Well, there goes all his trade value. Well, but if you're committing to not moving him, I, the trade value doesn't matter. The thing with Seku is, I think Seku needs to be able to play the three as well. He's a guy at six nine that should be able to play both spots. Yeah. So he needs to develop at both spots. 
Uh, especially in today's league, you and gotta the thing be able is, to. You can do some rotational things where he plays minutes at both the three and Absolutely. the four. Oh yeah, you know, play him with the starting group, pull him early, you know, and then he rests Blake. Then you, and exactly. Then when you take Blake out, you go back to Seku and, and give Seku his minutes and let him vary at the three and the four. And you can find a way to do that. Oh yeah. And then nights that you rest Blake, you just you can start Seku at the four and slide somebody else in at the three, unless if you have another option you want to start at the four. But I think you should be looking. A lot of that longer. stuff is interchangeable now. Yeah. You know, a lot of these young guys they're playing the two, three, four. Yeah. Seku needs to be able to play the three and four. Yep. He's you know just turned nineteen years old. He's six nine. He can do it. Develop that ball handling. Develop that. Ability to defend both threes and fours. You got to be able to do that stuff, you know, if you're going to be a marquee player. Agree. You look at the younglings in the league today. Giannis plays the three and four. Jalen Brown plays the three and four. Jason Tatum plays the three and four. All these young forwards, they interchange. Pascal Siakam played the three and four when he was younger. I mean, now obviously he's primarily he's a four, at the four but, but he had minutes but he, at all three he's spots. He's as good of a four as he is because he played the three, and that's that's something you got to understand. To where. You know, then it, yeah, then it's a guy like Tony Snell that, sorry, dude. Yeah, I mean, Snell, hey, he can come off the bench. But, I mean, that's the thing with Tony Snell. And, you know, he's, he's had an opportunity with guys out to get some more shot opportunities, make himself uh, impact the game a little bit more, and he just hasn't. And maybe, so, maybe and Tony Snell could be another guy you look at moving. If there's value for him, you know, I think it's going to be tough because he's got a $12 million option for next year, or yeah. he might just no, I think he might just be under a contract, contract for contract. next year. I don't think it's option. Um, so, you know, he's not he's not cheap money, but, I mean, he can play. He's a, he's a good role player, Yeah, but he's just not a guy that goes out there and has those games where he goes off or ha- or cements himself. A team looking to he add He goes depth. with the flow. If he gets the ball, great. If he doesn't, he doesn't really care. A team looking to add some depth. You could even maybe package Markeith and Tony Snell together. Yeah, you, you know? could, and and you could take an expiring contract back if if there was a team that had a, a, you know, if there was a winning team that wanted to add some depth. Boston, Boston, and Gordon had Hayward? and had a contract. Yeah, I mean, well, obviously not Boston in that in that scenario, but uh, <laughs> you know, if there was a winning team that had some money, you know, had an ex- uh, a an expiring contract and wanted to get some value and would maybe throw in you know a second round pick or something. By all means, sure. Take that asset. I, I'm all for taking the assets because then I'm it's glad easier you're for finally you to on, I'm glad make you're a package with those page. assets. If you want to go out and you want to make a trade or you want to move up, whatever, have as many assets as possible. It's just the maturing of Aaron Johnson, folks. If you follow the podcast, you continue to see it. Actually, you could continue to hear it right upon your very ears. With his podcast takes, you read it, you see it with your own eyes when you read his articles. I mean, the guy finally is getting. It's weird. It's weird because you know I'm, NBA players are finally starting to get younger than me. Seku's one of those guys. Uh, it's very weird seeing someone younger than me in the NBA. Um, it's weird. Yeah. I, I, I've I've always been used to like, oh, these guys are just older than me, you know. Now it's like, I could be that guy. It's like, I, but like you know, I'm I not, looked. I looked at my mom the other day. I'm like, hey, mom, this guy's this guy is only. Uh, he just turned 19. He's younger than me. That could be me. <laughs> it's just like, I, I I guess I'm that old now. I guess. <laughs> I guess. Uh, even though Ryan's not here, as Ryan and I just look at each other like, yeah, welcome to the club. <laughs> welcome to the club. But nonetheless. Good pod this week. A lot of interesting stuff. So, Dre, of course, we're going to continue to follow that the whole trade circulation. There's, and you know what? I want to 
want to piggyback off of that. There's a great video right now on the Palace of Pistons YouTube page uh, about Andre Drummond and where he could get traded and explore some possible trades, the possible destinations. We're very close to 1,000 subscribers on the Palace of Pistons YouTube page. Go watch that video and hit that subscribe button. Help us reach our goal of 1K subscribers. It's a great video out there. Uh, I know we've got some more work coming on the Palace of Pistons website, palacepistons.com. We should have an article on Seku coming out on Monday. Um, there's just a ton of stuff coming, and we want your support. We want your feedback. Uh, we're excited. 20, 2020 is going to be a big year for us, guys. O- hope you're ready to you know, follow along with us, support us along, along the way. Aaron hitting the plugs. You can follow us on Twitter at Palace of Pistons, and you know the drill. Right, like, rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. Definitely subscribe to that YouTube channel. And uh, we're going to be all over the Andre trade. We're going to be all over Seku and his continued development and progression here in the city of Detroit. And uh, hopefully we continue to see a lot more Seku on the floor for the Pistons, even as maybe they get healthier. We're going to follow the Blake storylines as well, see what the Pistons decide to do with Blake and if they shut him down for an extended period of time or maybe even the season. So a lot of good stuff to follow. And yes, the team right now has not been an entirely fun watch, but maybe you'll enjoy watching them a little bit more, seeing Seku on the floor. And even if you don't want to watch them on a nightly basis, but you want to know what's still going on, you want the scoop, you know you can check in with Palace of Pistons, and we're going to keep you up to date on what's going on with those Detroit Pistons. So, Aaron, any final thoughts, comments, words? It's an interesting time. You know, I haven't been able to say that in quite a few podcasts because it's been really crappy uh, the last few times we've potted. So, it's an interesting time. There's some stuff that's going on with the drumming and, and with the drumming news and Seku playing. There's actually some interest with the Pistons again. So buckle up. Let's have some fun. Enjoy the ride. Um, and, and we'll go from there. We'll, we'll, we'll talk. We'll have plenty of more podcast discussions, plenty more articles, YouTube videos, all of that good stuff, all the fill of Pistons content you need right here on Palace of Pistons. We'll see you next time here on the Palace of Pistons podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.